Battle Hymnal. I'm Nathan Lawrence, part proprietor and co-host of the Chapel Bell Curve podcast, and I'm joined by my Battle Hymnal co-host, Josh Hancher of Dog underscore Stats over on Twitter, uh, Statsman extraordinaire and video producer and just lovely technical human, and Graham Coffey, who is a writer extraordinaire over on uh, Dog Sports and who is just also an amazing human. So, um, today we are here to do some Arkansas film review. Um, there are a lot of, before we get in, I do want to make one note here. Um, there are a lot of kind of systemic questions about where Georgia's offense is right now. And certainly I think we might get into that, but I think the real focus of the show is going to be what, what did we see schematically and what did we see from just sort of an offensive install standpoint that we find to be interesting and or different? Um, and I think this is, and Graham, correct me if I'm wrong. I, to me, this feels like it is um, definitely going to be sort of a, a first draft follow up of what we did in our Todd Bunkin piece. Um, yeah, absolutely. I think we're, you know, there's some things that we identified as uh concepts that that monken is going to want to employ and we're going to look at a little bit of how he did that and also talk about what that means i think for the rest of georgia's football season yeah absolutely um so the first thing i noticed was that georgia uh was middle of the pack sec rush rate at just over 44 percent, which is a complete flip and that's those fall in line with what Monken was doing at Southern Miss. So uh, they passed the ball a lot. Yeah, and and I think you saw definitely some some very clear signs of Monken having uh, Monken having some real independence in this offense. Um, so, I can you pull up play forty four for me? So this is oh we need to mute Justin. Boop, got it. Um, play forty four. Yep. So this is a um, completion on the two-minute drive before the half from Stetson Bidditt to Darnell Washington. Um, first, I think we should all just salivate about what Darnell, Darnell Washington, Washington looks like in this audience, offense, the big O. Um, the big o baby. You can call this a skinny post. You can call this a tight end seam. It's probably closer to a post than a seam because he kind of bends it up to the opposite um, to the opposite hash here. That this is sort of a staple of a sort of like four vert air raid, whatever offense, but it's also a way that you beat zone. And you can see here they have uh they have their outside their inside linebacker zoning out onto Darnell Washington and then passing him off to the safety. And there's just a big crease in that zone defense. And you're gonna see this a lot. Obviously, they're in quarters here because this is right before the half, but people have been running this sort of like path off, pass off zone on Georgia a lot because it lets you put nine people in the box against the run. And this is this is the first thing I saw in the day that I was like, that's a heartening play concept that um, makes me feel better about what Munkin is doing schematically, like I, outside of execution. I, I said before, I thought that we were going to have problems. I didn't think they were going to be that crazy, but I knew we were going to have problems executing. The really thing I wanted to see was what we were doing schematically. And I think that was like the first play that I was like, oh, look, that's that was a good idea. And we did it right. Like, Well, I think, you know, looking, it was hard in the first, you know, five or six drive of the drives of the game when everything was, was happening with Mathis the way it was just because like it, it was really hard to focus on anything other than what was going on with him just because things felt really like panicked and erratic and it was hard to take your eyes off of him. But if, you know, what I saw even in those first six drives of the game was like, 
as far as our passing tree and our route concepts, like Georgia was trying to do a lot of different things than what they've done thus far in the Kirby smart era. It's just hard to see that when like the ball's not, not getting thrown to those places or guys aren't getting open or, you know, the offensive line isn't pass blocking, but I feel like Georgia was trying to do a different type of offense from the start of the game. It's just, there wasn't the execution. Right. Well, do you have a play that you, uh, an, another passing play? Cause I, I have some other plays, but most of them are running. So do you, do you want to have him pull one up for us? Yeah. Uh, I would like to look at play 70. Yeah. So this is a third and 10 and this was kind of like my aha moment with Stetson Bennett on the day, but uh, Matt Landers basically very similar route to what we saw with Washington. Just kind of that, you know, he ran a, a streak for about, 15 yards and then cut it into the inside in between those two guys that were sitting in the zone. Uh, it was about what, 22 yard gain, but the like, number one explosive play of the whole game, believe it or not. Yeah. Number one explosive play of the whole game. There's a lot here. There's that there is Matt Landers making a really great catch in traffic, which, you know, he was much maligned last year and he had a, a couple nice catches yesterday. It's a perfect ball. Will you, throw, will, you, will you roll it back one more time, Josh? Because there's sure. one more thing I really love about this. Yeah. Um, it but, is No, go ahead. Go ahead. Finish your thought. Well, I mean, I think, like, we don't know what's going to happen with the Georgia quarterback situation. We don't know if JT Daniels is going to get cleared. We don't know if Mathis is going to start again next week. But, like, that throw right there is a, a very high-level throw. Like, that is yeah. a, you know, that is not a throw that you oh. expect two-star walk on to make and so if if he's capable of delivering it and like there's a lot of arm strength shown in that throw because he dips it right over number one yeah, there absolutely well so can, hey can you encouraging to see Georgia's offense do that because I think it was last year there was a a long stretch right where we didn't have a pass play over 10 yards or 15 yards for four or five games um yeah that was guy, that was that that's the the you know multiple i mean like 15 yards down past the line of scrimmage those are the plays yeah we did not do at all and that's what lsu and a lot of the high-powered offenses well, can you, nathan what are you gonna say about it here can we go. you will you just pause it like right after the snap here that sure. and we don't have to telestrate this or whatever but i think there's something really smart about this so you look you're gonna have four guys rushing and then six guys just generally in the box playing um probably for the like flat route so you've got this you've got a strong you've got a weak side r- rush from the linebacker or a strong side rush from the linebacker in the A-gap. And then you see 27 goes into zone here. But the real thing that makes this play happen is um, Fitzpatrick chips. And then when he goes out into that little dig route, he, yeah. he pulls that inside linebacker and he pulls the safety on top. And so that opens out to fit it in a window. If this safety, uh, I guess this is number one, if he drops there, or I guess that's probably a linebacker. If he drops there, then there's no way that throw is completed. But the, the actual design of the the play was such that like like this is something that we didn't see really happen in um play design at Georgia last year either that or uh, he it just wasn't executed well enough is like plays that sort of like um build off of themselves right and that's actually a good transition um and that was a good catch by you Nathan by the way what but you know I, um, I know that I write I'm, you know for my little stats blog for Bulldog Illustrated I think it's just a it's a different audience and I think sometimes in 
you know, read the comments on Blutarski's, you know, you know, when we, when we put this stuff up there, some of them get frustrated with all these numbers and lies, damn lies and statistics, but it's interesting though, that was the most explosive play more so than the, the, the catch to Pickens for a touchdown. And it's because if you look at explosive plays where you get into scoring positions is inside the 40, your opponent's 40, that play was a third and 10 in the middle of the field for a, t- a conversion. So that's why that's the plays that Georgia has not had in years past. And that was a great play, you know, for all of those reasons. I mean, it's just a huge play and it's just, it, you know, as, as, as struggling as our offense was on Saturday, it was, it was, we have a lot to, we, there's a lot there. I mean, it, and that's with our, uh, what a lot of people would have thought was our third or fourth string quarterback making that throw. So I'm pretty, pretty excited. Can I, can I, let's, uh, can I get two, can we do two plays back to back here? I want to talk about something running wise. Can we look at 50? Yeah. Pull me 55. So this is very basic. We've got two running backs in the back and we're going to almost run like, like it almost looks like an option sort of concept where you have a lead blocker with cooks. And then we run sort of like the naked quarterback keep off the back side of this. And so we are setting this up so that cook is going to read lead block. He's going to give it to white. And then you can see he's reading this D end who crashes down. And the thing that I am really heartened about this is that that's a read action. He's got a hard fake step and then Stetson just takes it for nine yards. That is a, that is a zone read action where the, the quarterback actually kept it, which one that makes me borderline aroused Two, this is a very smart play because if we let's look at 56, so this is first and 10 from about the middle of the field. We get, I think, eight yards off of this play, right? Now, watch this. We do the exact same thing, or it's it's a little bit window dressing differently, right? Where we have a hard step, and then, the, and then in that point, 56, who is the same guy that we went to the play before, he takes half a step to go after Bennett. And if you watch... Uh, this this left defensive end here, he reads Bennett and he's there's a half step of hesitation and his body gets turned the wrong way. See, like he's looking at Bennett and then he looks back in, just loses time because of the chip block from Pickens, right? Um, that is, we talked about how James Coley didn't ever counter punch. That is a literal two play counter punch. You set a guy up, 56 is on the field for both of those plays. He now has it in his head that Bennett will take keep keep the ball, and there's a half second step. And when you have a guy like Zamir White, you get 23 yards on the ground off that instead of, you know, he's running through traffic the whole time. It's not like there's a giant hole. It's just that you know Munkin set up the tendency to pull that defensive end to get him to crash, so that the next time he did it, that when Zamir kept it, that we would have a better you know a better result. And I think that's that those two plays together. I don't know how this year is going to turn out. We very well could lose two or three games if we don't have the good quarterback play or just we have a hard schedule. But I, I feel really good about where Munkin is going to have us, especially next year. Right. And I also think, too, it's like this is not stuff that is revolutionary in college football. But, like, like we saw this in 2005 at the Sugar Bowl when we played West Virginia. Like, Rich Rodriguez invented a lot of these concepts with, you know, the, the zone read with the quarterback. But just – just the fact that like we're keeping defenses honest instead of basically telegraphing what each play is going to be when we come to the line of scrimmage. Like there was no point yesterday where I was like, Oh, like this is very clearly going here on this play. And you know, the entire world knew it. And that's such a step forward for Georgia and in such a like massive difference that it's, it's really exciting. And yeah, like the, the game yesterday did not go, I think how any of us thought it would from the start, but you know, our, our backup quarterback came in and, you know, let us. Yeah. I'm actually showing my, 
I'm sorry to interrupt. I just want to touch on you know because I got the graphic up there in my little my blog post for Bulldog Illustrated. You know, we had pretty, you know, with Stetson Bennett's, we were in line with the winning SEC teams. We had a 50% success rate. Total EPA was 15.16. EPA uh, average per play with Bennett was 3.10. Explosiveness was 1.362. Those numbers are all really good, especially when you're shifting gears. So um on an offense we we were ready to come in and fix it so i don't know if dewan's going to be the guy going forward they can get him straightened out but we saw an offense that was more explosive um and just more efficient with monk and with even with stetson bennett running so i think there's a lot to be um excited about even though that was not anything what anybody expected with the slow start and not seeing and then seeing stetson bennett come on the field in, in the first half so hey yeah actually um can we? Can you pull sixty four for me? Because I think you make a good point there. Where you're like, I actually think Bennett, and you know, I think we showed with that Matt Landers, uh, that Matt Landers play that like Bennett makes some good plays. Uh, mm-hmm. Is this sixty four? I think so. Okay, hold on. Let's see. Oh, Let me... Pull sixty three. Yeah, pull sixty three. Yeah, it's it's one back. I'm sorry. So this is a a, a failed bomb to Pickens. No, sixty three. Okay, so this is this is a very good. This is a very cool play. So here's the thing. This play, I, I really like it. We, you know, we just we have uh, what is Seth? Who is Seven? Jermaine Burton. He's just going to run. We we have sort of a little mini rub route here, right? I don't. It depends on what you want to call it. Puts a just puts two cornerbacks uh, in you know conflict or whatever, where they have to sort of space each other out. You just get a little bit of space there for uh, Burn, uh, Burton. But if you see like at the snap, if you just want to keep it paused here for a second. 86 uh Fitzpatrick has a linebacker on him straight up we it looks like we got another linebacker on, uh back here uh who is gonna who's gonna take um Fitzpatrick and then you got a cornerback on Burton and if you look at Bennett's uh head at the snap he only really reads half of the field because with if you just count numbers like he's probably especially when he has this middle linebacker creep up he's got man-to-man on one of those guys right and so you know just Fitzpatrick just sort of sitting down in there, stutter stepping, just sort of puts that linebacker a little a bit in the way clean of the pocket cornerback. too. Yeah, a little bit in the way of the cornerback, and it's just a like a half step, and that's all that you should need when you have good playmakers and like just stuff like that. Like that is not a revolutionary play. There's nothing new about it. It's been around for 15 years, but that area of the field was a place that Georgia really. I mean, anything inside of the 25, Georgia just would shut down last year. And especially, especially when we were on second and eight and longer. And I think that was a second and 10 right there. Um, but that, that is just a, that is an easy yards play that puts us in, um, in the ability, it puts us in the place to score. And actually I would love to see the score after that one. Is it 65 or 64 was the next, uh, what happened after that play? I wanted to see the, the, so, the Fitzpatrick, what, which, what's the number for the Fitzpatrick touchdown? 64. Here we go. Okay. Yeah. So this is a classic air raid concept. So if you look to the right, you got three guys out there. We're going to run two digs and then like kind of a, a, like a, I guess, in zone post sort of to the, to the back pylon. And since Bennett looks pre-snap, he sees he's got three guys out here. He's got four guys over here, right? Depending on who on the left side, depending on who stays in. He knows he only has to read the right side here, right? And he knows he's got two digs. So as long as Burton clears that guy out, Patrick... Uh, right is, there, that's the last day right there. He's he's, yeah. he's he's clearing him out and that leaves the... Uh, yeah. Underneath for... Uh, 
And see, and, and Fitzpatrick ran a really good route there. He got inside leverage on his guy. And as soon as, um, I don't know, I guess that's a safety probably, started to backpedal to give Burton a little bit of a cr- uh, cushion. Like that, the thing about that play that I like is like, you score a touchdown on that play 80% of the time with that coverage if you just throw the right ball, right? Yeah. And pre-snap, the alignment was such, he only had to read half the field. Right, he knew where the ball was going pretty much at the snap as soon as that safety took a cut step or two back, and and those are the kinds of plays that Georgia just didn't have. Like those, that's a cheap, that's cheap yardage, right? That play is high success. Most people, most quarterbacks at the collegiate level can throw it, and those were just not plays that we saw. You know, like a back shoulder throw to George Pickens looks really good, but it's hard to throw. A dig to a dig on an eight yard touchdown, that's not a hard a pass to throw for a for a. Um, a good quarterback. Well, and I think the other thing to, you know, two points that I want to make one, you know, and this goes back to the work that you and I did in the off season, Nathan, first of all, like Monken, you're seeing a little bit already with the wide receivers, even though some of these guys that are playing are, are true freshmen, like the understanding of kind of how to use their bodies and how to run routes where, there is just that split second of hesitation for the guys in coverage that, you know, it's like, Oh, it's a, it's a human instinct of if it feels like you're going to, you know, run into someone else, especially if it's your teammate, there's that split second of hesitation. And that's really all the window that, that Jordan needs. The other thing too, is just that our receivers are getting open in one-on-one situations and they are beating that man coverage. And that didn't happen a lot last year, but on that Fitzpatrick touchdown, that's really more than likely an option route where it's kind of just a two-man game between Fitzpatrick and uh, Stetson Bennett, and it's on those two guys to sit there and make that decision, and whatever Fitzpatrick decides is open, which in that case was sort of that little stick route, little you know out route, whatever you want to call it, like that was just a, a moment between two guys playing football. And that simplifies things so much from the quarterback position to read one receiver on one defender instead of trying to get through three or four progressions and get downfield. See, and this is this is the thing. This is a great play to pull up, Josh, because one of the things that's always infuriated me is like, because Georgia loves to run the ball, Georgia's receivers play with like five-yard cushions a lot of the time. Yeah. And if you see like this play is so simple. And if you look at the rest of the receivers, like Darnell Washington, very, very easily scores there. If he gets the ball, like, I mean, there is, he comes in on that same little sort of like, I guess deep post or like deep slant kind of thing that he's running. And he's got two steps on his guy. And the guy who's, who's covering him is like 20 pounds lighter than him. You know, there's no yeah. way he doesn't score there. And so like great individual effort from Pickens, but like, like multiple people on that play, wide ass open right and and like when you have trained defenses which for worse and better we have over the past two years to think that you will always run like you're gonna get wide ass open dudes if you have the right uh concepts is this uh what is this the next play there josh yeah this is you you wanted to talk about this right graham yeah i do want to touch on something with that pickens route real quick though is that you know it speaks a lot about tendencies in that what you normally see in college football, especially in a situation where you have a backup quarterback in the game is if you have a big negative play like Georgia had on first down, 
you are gonna find uh you know the the offense is gonna try and get a five to eight yard chunk to make it third and a little bit more manageable and on third and goal and so instead of doing that Mockin went for the jugular and ran you know everybody on the screen there all of our receivers are running deep i mean that's that's basically four verts like i mean that i mean it that you could call it one thing or the other but that is second and 26 right there instead of you know when georgia got caught thinking okay they're going to try and get back in field goal range alabama went for a touchdown and that's what georgia did to arkansas in that situation and that aggression is really really exciting oh hell yeah (laughs) i'm all jacked up I mean, I feel so much better. This is like cathartic. I mean, I hope folks are watching this and feel better about our offense because we're like, we're half full. We could rename this the half full Arkansas. Yeah. Podcast. Well, actually, I, but, I do want to talk about one. Can we get one more play here before yeah, we well, go on? But Graham, you, you want to go right into this? We'll I get your point real quick. The two extra points. Here we go. Yeah. This is a beautiful play to doing so well. This is like so much fun for me. Shit's what was interesting is, I don't know if you guys watched Stetson Bennett's uh, media availability after the game last night but basically you see him check here and he he made what he called the wrong check on this play um and you see cook go out and and he gets covered and so you know this was a great individual effort by stetson bennett and the reason i wanted to watch this play is a just how much a mobile quarterback changes the game but b Look at the reaction of everybody on Georgia's team when he hits the pylon with that ball. Is this right after he did the uh, the the Roddy uh, uh, bop? It was right stop? after. Right, I mean, right after this, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry, I'm going to have that ready for you. And I'm sorry I didn't have it ready, but yeah, I'm yeah, sure you're good. you're good. It's just I think it's it's one of those things. Like, yes, we're talking about schematic stuff, and and you know there is a lot to unpack there. But football is also an emotional game. Um, and, yeah, they were fired up, ready to play for Stetson, dude. That's yeah, awesome. exactly. You know, he got his shot yesterday, and and those guys came in and they played hard for him, and they were clearly happy for him. Can you? Uh, hey, can you run that play one more time, actually? Yeah. So the thing about the play, the reason he made the wrong call here is if you look at pre-snap numbers on his on the weak side of the formation, he's only got two dudes. So right. if he doesn't send White in motion there, and and if White just runs like an out to the opposite flat, he can probably just walk that in. <laughs> Because yep. it's just going to be one on one, but he pulls thirty one over, who almost gets him here. That's um, Cook, uh, he, or Cook, not Cook. Yeah. yeah, Cook. But if Cook just runs an out to the opposite side, and they run sort of like one of those sort of, I mean, the, if the play is exactly the same, but Cook is on the other side of the formation, that is an easy walk at uh, uh, two points, which I think was sort of the point, uh, which is why he was saying that was the wrong check. Because like one of the big things about air raid offenses is like a lot of the pre-snap checks are just counting dudes. Just count count the cornerbacks and where they are. And if you can, and you know where you have a man advantage, then you're usually fine. Um, can we pull up uh, 77, which is uh, White's touchdown there? Hang and on. while you're pulling that up, I do want to kind of piggyback off of your point there, Nathan. There's good news and there's bad news there. The good news is that a guy like Stetson Bennett, who the coaches have all said, did not really get reps in, in scrimmages, has not had a ton of reps in practices, can come in. And this offense is probably similar to what he ran in Juco Ball at Jones County in Mississippi because all those schools run these kind of wide-open spread offenses. But it's really that simple for a quarterback to, to step into. It's There's not that level of complication. The bad news there is that 
whatever happened yesterday with Dewan Mathis, it didn't look simple while he was on the field. And so that is something they're going to have to get cleaned up if he is going to be someone that's playing consistent snaps for Georgia the rest of the year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, I had some, um, I can't remember. It was maybe the Michigan, uh, um, analytics guy. He just said he didn't look the same after, um, you know, after he got hit, you know, and then he pulled up a bunch of times. I mean, it's possible. I mean, dude had major brain surgery and he got creamed early in the game. So I can probably should have been a targeting by the way. Yeah, yeah, I mean, not that I'm bitching about that, but it well, even if it wasn't targeting that, I mean, it was in his head, you know, and and so I mean, I, you know, he's a kid, he's a, you know, I, I'd, I hope he comes back. I, you know, I'm I'm cheering for him hard. Uh, what was the last play we we're going to do this before we kick over to Discord? Somebody's got. Yeah, work. so so I, I just want to talk real quick. Is uh, lots of Matt Luke pulling in this game didn't work a lot of the time. Um, I think we saw that, you know, I a couple of bad snaps from who was the first guy playing center. Um, sure. Yeah, Trey Hill. I think, and I think Trey Hill might have too much of an ass to play center. Like he was just like, <laughs> no, seriously, seriously. Like on, on both of his bad snaps, he bounced the ball off of his ass, and it's like. <laughs> but I think he's a really good offensive lineman, and but yeah. I think, dude, he lives in your hometown, bro. I don't know if you want to say that. <laughs> no, I mean, look, look. Let's be clear. Like Trey Hill could whip my ass. ass. <laughs> Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Trey Hill could whip my ass, and there's nothing wrong with that, and that's fine. I, I'm not, I'm not claiming to want to fight him. I just think maybe, like positionally, he's probably a very good athletic guard. I don't know if he's a center, um, but what I noticed is that lots of pulling, and a lot of times that pulling just didn't work. Um, but I want to pull, I want to play 77, and I think uh, this is Zamir White's touchdown. And um, if you will just like uh, pause it after like three or four frames. Um, I think this is Mir White's touchdown. Yeah. So something that happens here, uh, or here, let, let the play snap. Uh, this play sort of fails, but I think that we see, okay, so uh, right guard here is going to sort of get beat on the inside, right? Um, or sorry, the, le- the, sorry, the left tackle is going to beat on the inside. But I think we're seeing the advantage here with Sawyer of, him losing weight and having a little bit more of being a little bit more athletic because what he does there is just sort of like chip the guy out of the play who's about to make the play in the backfield, right? He gets beat turns and then he just like gives him one shove and that's all you need. Right. And then we jump cut in. And if you look at the right, uh, at the right guard here, what he does at the snap is like that play was actually originally, I think designed to go between right guard and right tackle because the guy, the, the guy playing right guard there, just destroyed his man off of the off the front. And I think the pull schemes did not always work, but I think we saw dividends like on that play of having a slightly more athletic, slightly more rangy, or slightly more mobile offensive line. Which is that when you're working with these plays with complicated blocking schemes, right? Because we have like we have a we have a tight chip block from a receiver, we have a uh, an inside reach block from the guard, and then I think that was supposed to be like a seal block to the outside. So he let Sawyer let the guy get an outside step on him because he was supposed to seal him off. He just got past him. But the advantage is when you're running these really complicated schemes that if you have more athleticism, that that extra second or two, that extra little bump or chip can give you the hole that you need. And I think to me that was the kind of theme with the offense on the day, which is that. A lot of it didn't work, and maybe that was Dewan Mathis. Maybe that was—I mean, probably Dewan Mathis was not helped that the whole offense had fewer yards in the first uh, quarter than uh, penalty plays, right? And so I don't know whose whose fault it was, but I think the theme was yeah. Munkin's offense is designed that if you get a step, if you get a chip, if you get an angle, if you get a little bit of space, 
you're going to have success. And I think what we saw is when UGA didn't even start, UGA didn't even play clean in the second half, but when they just started playing just a little above average, we had success, right? And that actually makes me feel good going forward this year. Well, and I think big picture wise, you know, there was a lot of substitutions made on the offensive line between the first half and the second half. And Warren Erickson came over to play center. Xavier Truss got pulled out of the ball game, uh, who I believe was playing right tackle to start. So, you know, I think there's a lot of talent, obviously, that has been recruited to Georgia's offensive line. And the reality is some guys are just not practice players. And then there's some guys that are great in practice and the light comes on and they shit the bed a little bit. And so there, it's going to be a process to find the rotation on the offensive line. It's going to be a process to find the rotation at wide receiver. The interception that Mathis threw, you know, that was not his fault. That was an option route against uh, zone coverage. And Jermaine Burton read it like it was man coverage. And Mathis yeah. threw the ball behind him. If, if, Jer- if Jermaine Burton runs, I think he was supposed to run like a post there. And if he runs that post, it might be a touchdown. Like yeah. it, because he had five yards on the guy. I mean, if he caught the ball, it would have been fine. Yeah, right, you- Nathan, let, let's let's send this into Discord because I think we got some more to say, but we're gonna yeah. continue in Discord. So let's let's invite the crew. Anyone on this? Let's tell them how to tell them what to yeah. do. Yeah. So if you like what you heard here and you want to hear more and you want to be part of what I think is a really awesome, fun, uh, growing community, you can hit us up on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Chapel Bell Curve. We are currently at somewhere around $330 per month. And that is good news uh, for everyone because we are donating all of the proceeds of our discords minus, uh, you know, operating costs and paying for stuff to the Dogs for Pups initiative, which is run through the, uh, I think it is run through the Athens Enhancement. I forget what the name of it is. But anyway, um, Dogs for Puffs uh, is a is a, an initiative that is a student-led, football team-led um, charity that is helping students in Clark County who are still at home because of COVID. Uh, it provided a bunch of Wi-Fi hotspots for a bunch of different families. It's been providing snacks and supplemental food for families that have food insecurity. So we're really excited to give, should be somewhere around between 250 and 300 bucks uh, this month to that charity at the end of the month. Um, if you would like to be a part of that, but also have an opportunity to watch us live record and watch our pre-production meetings and have a live watch party and play a bunch of dumb video games, which we have been doing quite a bit of. Uh, we'd love to have you go ahead and sign up. If you sign up right now, you will automatically get an invite to the Discord and you can join us in our Discord watch party uh, as we speak. So we will catch you. Uh, this will be playing again on the Chapel Bell Curb feed tomorrow. Uh, uh, we will have a tailgate show with maybe some video, question mark, on Friday for the Auburn game. Um, we will be releasing Wednesday morning our uh, Auburn Week episode from uh, on Chapel Bell Curve, and we will catch you in the Classic City. But until then, go dogs. <laughs>